In the last few recent years, the world has become a seemingly volatile political landscape. Countries large and small have become inextricably linked by a way of numerous economic and political factors. Is this the result of duly elected officials simply acting in the best interests of their own sovereign nation states? Or is it the prelude to a reshaping of the global politiscape in accordance with some shadowy agenda of one or more mysterious groups of select powerful people? On the 29th of May, 1954, a very select group of individuals met at an undiscerning hotel in the Netherlands. This group was made up of persons who wielded significant influence within the spheres of political and economic power. These men stated that their purpose was to come together in order to discuss issues of global importance without having to adhere to the protocols they followed as official representatives of their home countries. At this meeting, they were to leave the trappings and responsibilities they had as statesmen and simply discuss issues as interested parties. No policies or declarations were to be set at this meeting, but it cannot be said whether the discussions had at this hotel have shaped international policy and alliances throughout the decade. This by invitation only group has met every year since then a shifting list of attendees that includes captains of industry, political strategists, and leaders in technology. No press are allowed inside. No detailed hours of the meetings are kept. Only broad lists of topics to be discussed are put out to the public. Are these powerful individuals shaping the world behind the scenes, pulling strings of the world economy to their own benefit? Or are they struggling to create a future one-world government? This case file, a theorist delve into the Bilderberg Group. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 68. The Bill Goldberger Committee. Yeah, gonna spear you right to <laughs> yeah. the mat. Boom. You're next. Uh, finally, we talk. We take a case file. And we talk about my favorite subject, wrestling, and it's all about Bill Goldberger. Uh, that's what the guy sent me. Uh, I don't know what the Bill Goldberger Committee is, but I think it has something to do with. Uh, some wrestling committee. I'm, I'm, it's weird that I don't know about it. We all we all know how Braden reads, so the memo he got, obviously he botched it. So what? He has what some you sort mean? of WWE <laughs> dyslexia. We're not sure. We're getting him treated for it. We're going to take him says, to a special says, facility for that. Bill Bill Goldberger, 2018. Right? That's what you're reading. Yeah. Bill no, it's the build a burger. Like you're going to oh. like custom burgers for the for your for bargain prices. Wait, you got build? Oh, you got you got build a burger? I just got. Is that what I, it is? I just got build a burg. Ah, oh, that makes more sense. I, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I was so excited, and uh, now I'm disappointed. Now that I'm reading this more carefully, so. Mm. Anyways, how could I be disappointed when we're? Let's just roll right into some space news <laughs> to create a diversion. Haha! <laughs> 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 Don't look over here. <laughs> Don't look at that. <laughs> Um, so, um, first off, some space news, Mr. Conspiracy, uh, is gone. 
he is overseas. He is mm. currently in Southeast Asia. He left. Um, yeah, he left. He quietly left. Uh, I talked to him the day before he left, and he was nonchalant. He was like, "Well, see you in a year." And I said, "All right, you didn't keep in touch." He goes, "Eh." <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, anyways, if you want to, I do have a secret way to get a hold of Mr. Conspiracy. So if you are in Thailand or Vietnam or New Zealand or Australia and you want to meet Mr. Conspiracy as he rolls through, I know some people have already contacted me. He's actually a really good time. Uh, as much as we like to make fun of him, he's a good friend of ours and uh, he loves to party. So if, uh, if you want to meet Mr. Conspiracy and you're in these areas, let us know and I'll try to connect you with Mr. Conspiracy himself. Um, good now luck. for some real space news. Um, the first real flying car is open for test flights. Uh, so they had a, a flying car, and it's called... The, uh, what's it called? I can't remember. It, uh, Kitty Hawk? I don't know. Uh, Larry Page's flying car project. Uh, and it recently completed a test flight. And the good news is they trained a CNN reporter in half an hour to pilot this flying car safely. So, so it's doable, doable for anybody. It's doable for anyone. I don't uh, know. It's a CNN reporter. Those guys are pretty smart, though. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Smarter than us. You know That's what? You trained Mr. Conspiracy to fly this car in, in <laughs> no, 30 minutes. No, then we'll talk. Yeah. And uh, then you got to talk. Uh, the future is nigh. Um, dude, I would future, love to fly in, a car. In 2018, we finally have flying cars. I mean, I was assured by cartoons that we would have flying cars by, like, 1990s. But, you know... It's almost 20 years overdue, but whatever. Now, what kind of flying car is this? Is it like, like a helicopter style, like rotate? Like it's kind a... of like helicopter style. It's got like, it's got like 10 little fucking, it's kind of looks like a quadricopter kind of, but all the blades are like on like airplane wings. Okay, cool. Hmm. He only flew the thing for 10 minutes. So it's like, how hard is it to learn how to fly something for 10 minutes and not fuck it up? <laughs> I think you'd be surprised. Really? See people try, um, try and get in these. What are those little fucking uh, two-wheel self-balancing skateboards? Oh, yeah. You think those would be Fuck. easy? And fucking you see some crashes on those babies. Oh, man. I hurt my back. I still back want that hoverboard back. and the self, the self, the self-set, whatever. The self, the Nikes. The what? From Back to the Future. From Back uh, to the Future. Oh, like oh, yeah, the yeah. self-lacing the auto laces. Nikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the auto laces. Those are, yeah. I want those. That's that's laziness to a new level. <laughs> Super sweet. Um, all right. Um, oh, this one boggles my mind. Researchers at MIT create a psychopathic AI. Oh, shit. They, <laughs> they, <laughs> MIT researchers at MIT decided to follow through on a particularly bad idea by creating an AI, AI, that is purposefully psychotic. Uh, the AI's named Norman, after Norman Pates from Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. <laughs> Great. Um, Good. They did it to prove that AI itself isn't inherently bad and evil, more so that AI can be bad if fed bad and evil data. So they went to the darkest corners of Reddit. And, mm, those uh, are pretty dark corners. <laughs> and just fed it data from... Um, gruesome deaths and stuff like that. Uh, uh, and now this thing's a psychopath. Psychopath? Psychopath. What's a psychopath? Uh, psychopath. <laughs> um, 
but apparently they're going to work on now, now that they've made it a psychopath and evil, uh, they're going to start uh, trying to see if they can sway it to be good by... Uh, no, by uh, this sounds like a fucking murder movie right here. Yeah, by <laughs> feeding and uh, they're flowers and butterflies, and, uh, yeah. wholesome memes and pictures of puppies and yeah, and dogs recovering from spinal surgery. Yeah, it's crazy. It did uh, what the so what the, the it did one of those Rorschach Rorschach tests, Rorschach 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 tests. Yes. Um, and it's like it's like a regular AI, it's like shows us in plot, and it's like. A close-up phase with flowers. Fucking Norman, the psychopathic AI is like, a man shot dead. <laughs> regular AI, next one, next slide. Regular AI is like, a black and white photo of a very small bird. <laughs> Fucking Norman, man gets pulled through dough machine. <laughs> That's terrible. These are basic, um, <laughs> like, 17-year-old American teenagers, really. It's just an yeah. angsty teen. <laughs> uh, slide three. Angsty emo teen. Maybe he's not psychopath. Maybe he's just emo. Regular, <laughs> regular AI on si slide three. A person holding an umbrella in the air. Norman. Man shot dead in front of his screaming wife. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. That's terrible. Oh, man. That's so weird. This one. Regular AI. A close-up of a wedding cake on a table. Norman? Man killed by a speeding driver. <laughs> oh, fucking Norman's crazy. That's great. Ugh. That sounds like that's this is how fucking AI goes wrong. This is going wrong. This is yeah. this is going wrong. They teach they teach one AI how to be a psychopath. That's the start of the whole is the snowballs, and then the whole world's in fucking chaos. That's what's going to happen. Kill all, right. all humans, baby. Yeah. <laughs> hey, baby, want to kill all humans? Oh, despite, despite recent success, SpaceX unfortunately announces delays to its space tourism program. Damn. Oh. Zell, you're going to have to wait a while. Put yeah. back that date. So they push the they push the delay to mid 2019 to the absolute earliest. Um, it was supposed to be at the end of this year, but uh, it's been pushed. Luckily, only a year, but I imagine that'll get pushed because they haven't even really brought tourists into space at all. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. Mid 2019, maybe we'll buy tickets. We'll be those on that first flight. Yeah, yeah. We probably got a couple hundred thousand to spare, right, guys? Yeah, no problem. Oh yeah. Yeah. As we're gonna be drinking Bud Lights all all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking a single Bud Light. Tell you that much. Tell you what, I am. They got those. Oh, awesome we only drink movies. Miller High Life because oh, yeah. you know, living yeah. that high life. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is a great headline. Theorist, theorists theorize that Planet Nine might actually be a cluster of little rocks. Nice. Um, so the mysterious planet nine, that's really dark. They're not sure uh, what it is. Um, and it's got a, it, it's got a misaligned orbit, um, and a bunch of other kind of weird stuff. They think it might just be a collection of little rocks, little meteors. It's just fooling our eyes. That, cool. That's it. That's all I got for space news. We got one more big space news. What's that? 
NASA finds ancient organic material and mysterious oh, methane. Right. I forgot about that. On wow. Mars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we've talked about it before that they had methane on Mars. They weren't really sure. And now they've pretty much found that there is carbon in the same form that they would find that would be able to sustain life or that would start potentially start life. Oh, buddy. It's only a matter of time. It's only, I guarantee you, the first, the first people that land on Mars and are walking around researching, we get word back. They found organic bacteria. They found bacteria. The thing is, it only took like a, and it's like a, if they find this and because they obtained the sample through like a small little drill, like a small little drill hole, yeah, that's, yeah. that's all they got it from. But it's like, yeah, if you send people there, like what if they find fossils and things? Oh, you know. What like, if they awake the ghost like of the Mars? Rover, like the little, the little Mars rover wouldn't be able to find that stuff. Like it wouldn't be able to just, you, no. you wouldn't see that stuff just popping up everywhere. But, you know, if you get people there, enough people there, heck, you might find fossils. You might find that there is actually life there either before or at the same time that the Earth was supporting life. Could happen. Yeah, it's pretty much saying that it could have been habitable at one time and maybe like potentially still could be by like organisms that produce methane because now they have, they found that it's seasonal methane release. Huh? So kind of like on earth, like in, uh, in summer months, more methane just like release. Me. <laughs> yes, just like me. Yes, just like rain. Here's just week, here's just daily. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Seasonal methane releases, uh, carbon that could, could or could have support, supported life. So they're always doing little baby steps. Right, they can't make too many claims, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mars was inhabited, like, who knows how long ago. But pretty cool, pretty fucking cool. Uh, that's all I had. So that's done for space news. That's it for space news. No one else. That's a good space mm. news. It's pretty good. That's, good space that's all I got. No, it's done for space news. Um. Well, we have to say so... we have to say that uh, the Ranmatron X2, that was it. It's over. Yeah. Retired. Yeah. It's burnt Retired. out. Fell apart. Yeah, we buried it with full honors. Yeah, full salute, flag ceremony. And mm-hmm. now yeah. we just we just shot it with shotguns, destroyed it. Yeah, got it's, she, she gone. <laughs> gone, she gone, she gone. Um, as you may have heard of, we are going to uh, do a little new case file of the week and we're going to call it the Bigfoot sighting of the week they're going to call it cryptid sighting of the week cryptid sighting of the week <laughs> that's right cryptid sighting of the week because not everybody sees Bigfoot every week but no yeah. but there's cryptids that's so cryptid. uh, I think yeah. today today we have two for you mm-hmm. first it's a class A report number 51821 Submitted by witness on Tuesday, April 26, 2016. Family has multiple sightings and interactions in their backyard near Eglin. This is in Eglin, Lee County, Texas. Incident began with rocks being chucked at my daughter, myself, and my brother after returning from a di- visit after after returning from visiting my dad in the hospital. We stopped to report his condition to my brother. We were very loud, laughing, and talking. What? Your dad was in the hospital. You were reporting his condition, and you were very loud, laughing and talking. And a rock chucked from out of out in the yard in the trees. At the time, 
No homes nearby as we live in rural area. Two weeks before my dad was putting his trash in the can and happened to feel someone watching him. And he looked up to see a moonlight. To see in the moonlight. <laughs> this person can't write. It's, I promise it's not my reading. Sure? I looked up to see in the moonlight a full moon. Dead on. Straight away about 20 feet from him. A tall, eight-foot brownish figure looking at him. They stared at each other for a long moment. And my dad tossed his trash out. Looked up. And it was gone. My dad doesn't believe in Bigfoot, but my brother is disabled and sits up outside on the patio every night. He had heard whoops, stick fighting, growling, and saw figures at the fence line. I decided to try interacting with whatever it was, so I began wrapping sandwiches, cookies, veggies, meat, and eggs. Is he fucking Santa? <laughs> <laughs> Every day I made a lunch, which I wrapped in bread wrapper and placed in a plastic grocery bag and hung in a tree branch where we heard noises. Every day the food was gone. No shit, the food was gone. <laughs> once, once it left me five potatoes from the neighbor's garden above us, I would leave a dozen raw eggs or boiled. <laughs> And they tap the ends of the eggs and suck the middle. They did not eat the celery, carrots, or spicy crackers, but loved tortillas, breads, cakes, all meat and peanuts, peanut butter and nuts. I fed for almost a year and smelled them many, many times. We heard a sweet growl several times. What is a sweet growl? Uh, <laughs> Once my brother saw its backside walking to a tree, it chucked some rocks at me as I was at the far end of the pasture. Each toss, the rock became closer. My brother said, come back before it hits you. I began walking back, and he pointed where it was beside a tree, and I saw the side of it, about eight feet tall, grayish, brownish, like tree bark. I began calling it, Trudy! Hey, Trudy! <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> when, the first name that comes to mind. When feeding it, sometimes it would let me know it was there. And if it was, all was totally silent. Nothing moving. So if it was there, you couldn't see it or hear it. Nope. <laughs> when coyotes would be howling nearby, it would let out a shrill scream and the woods became silent. I sat many evenings beside the gift tree and it never hurt me. Never attempted to hurt me. Actually, would give a low growl. Once I left a pink cup to see what it would do, and it tossed it into the ditch. I hung a tiny angel Christmas ornament, and they removed it, and I never found it. One evening, my husband drove up, and they tossed rocks at his truck. We mounted a game cam, but never had any pics, except for myself feeding. Many pics of orbs... My brother said he thinks by voices and calls there was a male, female, and young ones. I know for a fact they are harmless and very caring. Two new homes moved into the area, and they have now left us. I miss them and still go down to the pasture, hoping they will throw a rock at me. <laughs> Man. Unbelievable. I don't know how that works. So consensus? 
What was if you're it? gonna post, you put up one game, like one game cam, like, come on, man. Listen, if you go in the woods, if I walk right now out of my house and go into the rural woods and put some food, guess what? That food's getting eaten. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Every day. Forever. Every day. Forever. Funny. I don't know. I mean, I've heard about that thing, the the gifting thing I, that that some I people do that with. The and I yelled, Trudy. Just like, hey, yeah. Trudy, Trudy, become the first thing you're gonna say. Like, so is Tr- Trudy what they named it? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You hear about people leaving t- like tokens for Bigfoot apples and shit. Man, but giving them stuff and bear, yeah, that's, bears also hey, love apples. Yeah. So does deer and. Every so do deer. Animal. Fucking deer love apples. Yeah. Well, it's insane. It's, I mean, it's not insane. I mean, they maybe that don't know. You know, if they took, I just, it'd be better if they would have taken some photos. Like if you were just. <sighs> give me a, give me at least a blurry photo. Give me something. Yeah. That's a little something. I feel like, I feel like those people, like you aren't trying hard enough. Like you, like, you know, you're going to tell someone this story. And I don't know if I can actually I can take you that seriously if you like you didn't try your hardest like oh we mounted one game camp did you not think to maybe call like a wildlife photographer look man like we're gonna get some stuff like just come hang out here for a minute and and do your wildlife photography thing just set up a blind and and take photos like you know I it's it's hard to believe somebody who doesn't make the maximum effort to be like oh yeah we're we're gonna get a picture of a bigfoot. No, but there is there's some really good Bigfoot encounters. Some like pretty like yeah. they seem, you know, pretty convincing. That one maybe not as much, but always fun. They're still fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. That's our cryptid from the from the land. I've got our cryptids from the sea covered today. Yeah. Right? The corpse of a mysterious sea creature washed ashore in Namibia last week. Scientists found the decomposed body of a sea creature on the Nambian shores. Um, I'll probably tweet out this picture later so people can see it. But if you look at it, it's (laughs) – they say mysterious sea creature, but when you look at it, it's like uh, that that definitely looks like a dolphin. It was about (laughs) 20 feet long though, so it wasn't small. Uh, it washed up on shore, and scientists are pretty sure it's just the decomposed body of uh, what they thought, which is actually pretty neat. Also, it's a uh, Cuvier's beaked whale, which actually haven't been seen around Namibia uh, since uh, the early 2000. Oh, so cool. these things are they're pretty neat. These things are actually one of the deepest divers, and they plunge to depths of about 3,300 feet or about 1,000 meters. Um, so that's pretty neat if they have found one of those around. Um but yeah, I'll post one of those pictures, and it looks pretty funky. But if you look at it pretty closely, you're like, "That's that looks like just a really big dolphin." Yeah, I saw it. I was like, "Pretty weird." Hmm. Weird stuff comes out of the ocean all the time. Though. All the time, and it's insane. Why? Why I don't like to go in there. <laughs> just I'll go to the beach. That's fine, but I won't. I don't want to go in the water. Hey, I don't want to do it. I love scuba diving. Because you're down there and you can see around you. I don't like to swim on, swimming on top. I'm still thoroughly. Out. I like scuba diving. No, I'm still. I've been scuba diving, but I'm still always a little bit disconcerted when I go under the water and like I. It just yeah, it fucking creeps me out. The the, the creature from the Black Lagoon, like that movie, like scenes from that movie, still creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all this so stuff. Like, still, that's uh, when a when a piece of seaweed touches my leg. 
under the water, whether it's in a lake or in the ocean. Nah, I flip, I flip, I flip right the fuck out. That is a terrifying feeling, though. <laughs> Especially if it gets wrapped around your foot a little bit. You feel like you're getting, <laughs> feel like you're getting pulled down. My worst, my worst fear. Mm-hmm. All right. No. So it's it just happened. The Bilderberg, Bilderberg meeting, 2018. Yeah, just finished June just, 11th. June 11th, and as with any secret meeting that no one knows anything about spawns countless theories. Um, Dan, I think Dan, Dan, you want to give a history of uh, the Bilderberg meeting? Sure. I'll give you a quick overview as, as, as you know, Dan knows as condensed as I can. Yeah. So anyways, the Bilderberg group is uh, pretty much been in formation uh, since its first meeting in 1954. Now, before that, um, it was kind of the way it came about into existence is the Bilderberg group was kind of the brainchild, uh, between, uh, of this, of mostly European elite during the 1950s. Um, at that time, uh, America was kind of going through the post world war two, um, going into the cold war, uh, a mindset where they were becoming more isolationist and the, the elite Europeans at the time or the European, you know, higher ups were, were afraid that if the United States went into this back into its isolationist things like isolationist mindset, like before world war two, like post world war one, that you would just face another threat of something like the Soviet union, uh, coming on like, like Germany did. So this the Bilderberg group was kind of a way of th- there were a couple other movements at the time. There's like the European movement and things like this. They were kind of advocating a uh, unification of Europe so that they would be at least stronger than they were. I mean, you didn't want like w- like when in World War Two, like the Germans kind of picked off Europe like a piece at a time. It wasn't like they took over everything all at once. It was kind of like, you know, they invaded a little bit You take a little piece here, a little piece here. Whereas if you were a European Union, you have a better chance of standing against uh, an entire national threat. Um, the, the guy who who kind of put things in motion, who started doing it, his name was Joseph Redinger. And this guy was kind of kind of a, a really interesting guy. Um, most of the stuff about him is like you'll find that he is a um, he was uh, he was a high office uh, he held a high office in like a London-based like Polish government in exile during World War II, and he also ran a parachute mission behind German lines when he worked uh, with the British Secret Service, uh, the Special Operations Executive (SOE). So this guy was pretty. Before they even formed it, he was already kind of had all the connections after, during World War II, and and after he had a lot of connections within all of the intelligence communities uh, in Europe and and some overseas with the U.S. Um, by about 1952, Redinger had kind of shifted from thinking about a European Union to wanting an actual Atlantic alliance. So he was thinking that they needed to, Europe needed to cement its relationship with the West, with the United States, therefore making them, you know, a harder target on the the international stage. 
Um, they wanted to, they had a lot of growing concerns at that time about the, the spread of communism uh, or the, the Russian communism, basically, which wasn't really communism. It's still fascism, but eh, whatever. And to, to accomplish this goal, he kind of, he in collaborated with one of his uh, friends named Paul Rikens and also another guy who's pretty important who comes up a couple times, uh, which is uh, Prince Bernhard, who is a the he was the prince consort to the Netherlands. And he also campaigned for the European Union. Uh, and he also had a lot of connections in the West as well with with some of them were with the early uh, early members that formed the CIA here in the United States. So these guys all kind of got together and they contacted a lot of European industrialists and, and those who were like the capital, the captains of business and things like that. And they were kind of putting this idea together, like we need to have a relationship with the with the United States to to keep things in check here in Europe. Now, when they initially put forward their idea for the builder that well, wasn't called the Bilderberg group at the at the time when they kind of put forth this idea the united states at first didn't really want any part of it they didn't really want to go into it um it actually took a while it took uh, a year or two for them to actually get people who were in the united states who were actually interested in it they had to talk to uh, a number of people and they had uh prince bernhard and redinger had a make a lot of contacts with the U.S. and kind of push them uh, for this actual meeting to take place. Um, they kind of put forth the idea that um, they wanted people from the United States to come over to Europe and they would have a meeting where everybody could kind of sit down and without any sort of, like you would come as, as, not as a representative of your country, but just as people like you'd have just guys just sit down and discuss international issues without discussing international policy. So no policies or anything would be made. We just all kind of want to sit down and talk about the, the issues uh, that that affect the, the, the global environment and things like that, movements and economics of the world without having the pressures of being a representative of your country. Um, so nothing, when they put forth this, this idea at first, um, the president at the time, Dwight D. Eisenhower was not really, not really hot on the idea. Didn't really think it was something that needed to be important. Um, uh, Prince Bernhard had to get in touch with one of his old acquaintances who is, uh, named C.D. Jackson, um, who didn't, he didn't really want to deal with it either. And then he kind of passed it off to what eventually uh, was that he was the chairman of the Committee for National Trade Policy was the Detroit industrialist John S. Coleman. And Coleman uh, took it up actually with a type of fervor and said that, you know, this is probably a pretty good idea that we should probably do this. So, I mean, you can see this kind of popped up from, you know, politicians at first didn't really want anything to do it, but industrialists perhaps recognized that this was this was the way to go. Um, when eventually they did have their meeting in May of 1954, uh, the Americans sent over about uh, 20 people. And besides C.D. Jackson and Irving Brown, 
who is for the American Federation of Labor's representative in Europe. And he also was the controller of the CIA monies to a lot of anti-communist European trade unionists. You had other people like David Rockefeller of the Chase National Bank. And then you had a couple other people who um, showed up to to the actual meeting, that thing. And this kind of, they kind of laid down a lot of the rules there of the actual meeting, uh, where this is a, this is a quote from Alden Hatch, who was, uh, Prince Bernhard's uh, official biographer. And he says, there was absolutely no publicity. The hotel was ringed by security guards so that not a single journalist got within a mile of the place. The participants were pledged not to repeat publicly what was said in the discussion. Every person present, prime ministers, foreign ministers, leaders of political parties, heads of great banks and industrial companies, and representatives of such international organizations as the European coal and steel community, as well as academians, was magically stripped of his office as he entered the door and became a simple citizen of his country for the duration of the conference. So that was, that's kind of what, that that's the, that was the first meeting. That's what, what happened, nineteen fifty four. That was, a and you had all these guys get back, get together just to to talk politics without being politicians. I guess you could say. So it's really just a group of the world's most elite business owners, financiers, CEOs, politicians, politicians yeah. all together in one room, with no prying eyes, no minutes taken, no notes. No votes cast. What could go Sworn wrong? Sworn to not. Sworn not to say anything about anything. Well, they can. They can actually. They can talk about what was talked about, but they cannot name any names of who said what. Right. They usually. I mean, they usually put out. I mean, since it's began, since it's beginning, they. I believe they published out the agendas. They usually put out the agendas of what they're going to talk about publicly, but they never record hours. Um, they don't record hours. They don't record what was actually said at the meetings. They just kind of put out like a general. I have a, I have the list of the general agenda for the 2018 one. Yeah, they, um, they always put it out for, like immediately after it, t- it took place pretty much. Yeah. Um, so number one on the agenda that moved to the top was populism in Europe. Uh, they're t- talking about the growing population. Uh, the inequality challenge. Number three, the future of work. Number four, artificial intelligence. Uh, Number five, the U.S. before midterms. Uh, Number six, free trade. Number seven, U.S. world leadership. Eight, Russia. Nine, quantum computing. Number 10, Saudi Arabia and Iran. Eleven, the post-truth world and current events. What the fuck is the post-truth world? That's that's the new post-truth where it's like that's kind of the thing i think it's kind of been popularized the term's been popularized after kind of i would say i almost want to say it's single-handedly been pushed forward by just trump's taking of the of the oval office where it's kind of like there's no truth anymore a truth is pretty much everything's relative so he's he can say whatever he wants um, you know, when he says like, oh, it's fake news or whatever. And then people aren't going to, people won't believe anything anymore. There is no, there is no real truth. It's all kind of relative. Well, people I like, think. like people trust the president so much, or like maybe half the population does that if he's saying this is fake news and that's fake news, they are like, 
without even checking for themselves will just think it's fake news. Yeah. With, with total disregard for, for factual information or like facts or anything like that, people will believe just about anything as long as the certain person says it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then number three, the future of work. They're also referring to it as they're, t- they're actually talking about some called the, the precariat, which is like a new t- term for like a social class. And it's summarized as the perpetual part-timers, the minimum wagers, the temporary foreign workers, the gray market, domestics paid in cash, the techno-impoverished whose piecemeal work has no office and no end, the seniors who struggle with dwindling benefits, the indigenous people who are kept outside, single mothers without support, cash laborers with no savings, and the generation for whom a pension and retirement is neither available nor desired, which is pretty much the growing class in the Western world because the like the wealth gap is getting so great yeah. that most people can't will not won't be able ever ever to afford to retire or buy a house or like really live past paycheck to paycheck. So I I bet you they're talking they're going to be discussing like some type of universal basic income. Mm-hmm. And so this that that plays a little bit into the conspiracy side, big time. I don't know if we want to go down that way way quite yet, but um, yeah, it's crazy that. Just a group of the world's most elite get together and just talk about whatever they want. Yeah, and and all of these people, you could um, a couple of academics have kind of put the people who participate in the Bilderberg group. They're they're part of what, like you said, the precariat is like the new the new type of social class. These guys are all part of the trans what they call the transnational capitalist class, and. Those people who are in the Bilderberg, like these captains of industry, technology, um, the transnational capitalist class, they say there's actually four, uh, like four types of fractions, which are corporate, state, technical, and consumerist. So you got corporate, like your, your uh, obviously your corporations, you have state, like your politicians and things like that. You have technical, like people who are in charge, like the people who develop technologies and, and things like that. And you have your consumerist ones who deal with kind of goods and, and businesses and things like that. Right. So, so, I mean, if you, if you go through the attendees of these Bilderberg groups, you'll always find uh, like a, uh, usually there's like a, a good balance. Well, there used to be anyways. Now, if you look at the list of attendees who come in here, you can see that a lot now it kind of tends towards the more people on the attendance list kind of lean towards the corporate side of the uh of the transnational capitalist class yeah it's like so in the like in these meetings so there's there's people who are invited on a yearly basis you you might not be invited every year you might only be invited once but then there's a group of like elected or voted i'm not sure actually sure how they get in but it's called the steering committee and they sign for terms renewable terms of four years and if you go down the list of like the people in the steering committee, the guys who like control the meetings and who's invited and what they talk about, then you start to see like Chairman Goldman Sachs, like all these fucking CEOs of big companies, Chrysler, like all the bi- all huge corporations. So and then this goes down the theory side of like one of the theories of the Bilderberg Group. Like the main theory is it's the new world order, right? It's a group right. of high, yeah. highly elite businessmen, politicians, all colluding together to direct the world in a way which they see, which best fits their interests, which is technically what they're doing, but they're doing it as corporations to make money. Yeah. 
right? And it's like you can't really, you can't really even argue that's what they're doing. They're not in there saying how like we're gonna give all this money to the poor people. They're in there like, all right, how can we stretch out our resources just enough so people stay just like j- just above the poverty line, but still low to keep them from like questioning like elite power. That's pretty, that's pretty much the conspiracy of this group of secretive people. I mean, in multiple interviews with with people who have been like sitting members of the Bilderberger Group, they've all been. Most of them, when asked, like, "Are you are you guys planning?" Like, if they ask them, like, front, like up front, are you guys aiming towards a one world government? You know, m- most of the the ones that have been sitting have have said that it it's not. It's not that they're aiming towards it, but they're in favor of it because the fact that most of them, like they, they, they don't want to be fighting each other. Like most of them, are, to, to move forward in, in their plans or whatever it is, their goal uh, is to, to have, it would be easier to have a one world government. Yeah, and like it definitely would be. There's but. some like big names. Like you can look up the list of Bilderberg participants, like um, just kind of pulling this up now there's like huge of a who peter mansbridge was there um they got peter sutherland who is uh he's Bill, in, he was from bp and goldman sachs and he's also the head of the world trade organization an eu commissioner and a un re- representative bill clinton went in 91 and then he was elected the next year um tony blair of uk went and then was elected Obama attended and then he was elected. There's a lot of people who went and then became president. Henry Kissinger. And- Henry Kissinger was a regular attendee. Uh, he first went as uh, they pretty much invited him first as an academic, but as an academic elite. But they said and then he became a part of the U.S. political establishment. And but now he actually is the chairman of an international consulting firm. And so now his his main involvement, they say, is in business. Paul Paul Volcker. Uh, the the former chairman of the Federal Reserve went in 82, 83, 86, 87, 88, 92, 97, 2009, and 2010. Oh, chairman yeah. of the Federal Reserve. Yeah, man, they're the leaders of, of all industries, yeah. really. I mean, yeah. People from Microsoft, Google, Telecom, uh, Airbus, Royal Dutch Shell, British Petroleum, Deutsche Bank, Goldman Sachs, HSBC, Barclays, like all of those people usually have representatives there. Dude, guaranteed they the the people who sign up for these like terms, I guarantee those terms are like it's 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 probably very lucrative to be signed up for terms because you meet all these hoo-hoos and it's like, how can like you help me? Like how can I help you help me? Oh, like they're they're, it's all about it's they're positioning themselves for what like whatever they're gonna do, whether yeah. whether it be like malicious or not or just strictly they're just trying to make money, like they're like it's their own interest. It's a fucking secret group. <laughs> I mean, I mean they don't de- take they're they don't definitely take looking out for their own interest. Minutes. Yeah. They don't take meeting minutes and they they swear an oath not to talk about it. Yeah, like I mean, at the same time, I can at the same time I can see why you would want a meeting like that. Yeah, that you just because, go to a meeting where it's like I don't have to go as a representative of my country, like. But then again, it's like you're only a representative of your own interests, and it's kind of 
but th- that is kind of nice for them to kind of go into to a meeting where there's no real restrictions, where you can kind of just say what's on your mind without having to worry to be quoted or or misquoted. You know, I mean, most of the, even from notes like people from recollections of like the first meeting, like they said, a lot of the discussions were, were heated. But at the end of the at the end of the day, at the end of the, the four day long meeting, like people left better for it. Like you're able to get everything out onto onto a that you, that you want to say, and you don't have to worry about somebody taking it the wrong way. You're just like, I'm just saying what I'm going to say. It's on my mind. You know, I'm I'm not here as a representative of the United States. I'm just I'm just saying this. Yeah, I could you know? like in the perfect world where all humans are very good and they want to help everyone. To have people of the highest minds of the world get together and talk about the future of the world is probably a good thing. But humans are easily corruptible, especially when you're super wealthy. And like yeah. when greed is like, well, is that what you live for? So now you're going to this meeting. You're you're not a normal, like an average citizen. You yeah. are the top. I think they have to pay. They have to like pay like a membership fee to be in yeah. the Bilderberg group. They're not. And it's not like they're they have leaders in science in the medical fields. And you know what I mean? It's it's all politics. It's all business. Well, they'll have like pharmaceutical company CEOs, but not actual Psychology, scientists. Yeah. Philosophy. Yeah. It's, well, if, you, <laughs> if you had philosophy and like sociology guys there, they, they'd be there for like weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading this uh, thing. It says David Rockefeller is the American founder of the Bilderberg group. And he ha- has a lifetime membership. And he's the member. He's a permanent member of the Bilberg Steering Committee. Who's yeah. that? Fucking crazy. Who was that? Uh, David Rockefeller. He's dead. Well, this is an old article. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was. He, he was, was. He was there for like. Obviously, when he yeah, he was there he, at the beginning. They just I I just say he was at the first meeting. David David Rockefeller was the first meeting. So if you go down and, like if you take the but rock- still I think was it no. Isn't his grandson or his son still on there? I'm sure. 100%. I'm sure the Rocker, the Rockefeller family just keeps going, right? But it's like you got, you know, it, it's just this kind of. They had it's so it's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's super creepy to have all these global elites coming together in like a secret kind. It's almost like a secret. I mean, they say it's kind of like a secret cabal. Of people and these guys get together every year and most most of these most of the meetings of the Bilderberg group are held in Europe there's only been a couple there actually in the United States I think one of the meetings was in Chantilly Virginia but then they had another one that was in Bohemian Grove oh that's uh, weird that was in Bohemian Grove that one was kind of weird I kinda Bo- heard Bohemian Gro- Grove is another crazy thing mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with really the same thing world leaders go there and take part in like a fucking three day a cult ritual. Well, that's what they said they saw. <laughs> the guy who, uh, one of the a reporter, uh, his name was uh, uh, John Ronson. Uh, he was like a reporter from the UK, and he actually got in there to to the actual Bilderberg meeting, and he said he saw them taking taking part. And um, um, some people have seen the picture of them kind of doing a little. Well, I mean, when you look at it, it looks absolutely sinister, and it's a bunch of. Uh, um, a bunch of men, uh, all kind of all in there wearing these kind of uh, ceremonial robes and they're all kind of burning, uh, what they're saying, they burn like this giant owl effigy. And, uh, I mean, this, this John Ronson guy kind of, 
reported that he said it, it, it looked sinister, but it actually wasn't that bad. He said it was just kind of like it, it was as harmless as like a school play. It's just a bunch of guys like fooling around. It's not you know? at all because it's super fucking weird. They're yeah, bur- yeah. Bur- burning Bull fucking Moloch and all these ancient de- deities. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you get a bunch of these these guys coming all together and, you know, it. But it's just kind of how the world works when when you have like a world that's based on like the the kind of people pushing towards like a cap the, the way the world the world economy has developed so far in like this capitalist kind of world you you just have this growing I I mean it's kind of it seems it's inevitable you have this growing uh, income gap between rich and poor. Where you have like the top three percent, you have like three percent of the world's population hold. Was it like eighty-eight percent or ninety percent of the world's wealth? I think it's way less than that. I think it's well under one percent. Yeah, and so you have like a couple thousand people who who hold all the world's wealth. Of course, they're going to have an enormous influence on how the world works. Yeah, and you know, and my my kind of question is is like. Is that one percent actually part of the Bilderberg group, or do they just like they don't even care? They're so far above that. They're like, we don't even. It's like, what? You need like a whole like. There's like forty of you there. There's like, no. Why would we even go? No, like I, I kind of agree with that too. Like, if there is like a shadowy cabal that controls the world, it seems like the Bilderberg group is like humanity's effort to try and like combat what they're doing, but they don't even know. They probably don't don't even know what's what's happening above them, like the world's governments. Yeah. Like they're trying to do something, maybe they're trying to do good, and then this never works. Is there's people, there's people who control just whole nations just with like one corporation, just with the amount of money they have. I mean, a couple of things they've said that they say the the Bilderberg Group definitely they did not want Trump to become president. Like that was one of the, the weird weird things uh, I heard about it was they definitely didn't want Trump to become president. Another one that that sounded kind of funny. It was they they had actually. Um, put together a plan to, or what what it would look like, or they 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 see they deemed it favorable if the United States, Mexico, and Canada all became one. North American Union. North American Union. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember my first like, um, my first kind of like running with that that theory was like uh, that that old Zeitgeist movie. I love that movie. Talked, yeah, I talked about that. Um, you know what though? Like, there's just some weird fucking guys on this on the steering committee that, like, when you say like, oh, they're maybe this group was at the beginning meant for good, but like, you go through the steering committee now and it's like, dude, it's uh, it's so many uh, just business chairmen, right? Like Peter Thiel, like Peter Thiel's fucked up. Deal capital, yeah, like a lot of fucking finance guys, right? And money, yeah, like money. that guy, that guy bankrolled a lawsuit against Gawker to crush them because they they uh, they like wrote a negative article about him. Tell you, man, money corrupts. You got a lot of money, dude. Like, did you ever watch that? You guys, okay, well, no, just because I'm a wrestling fan too. There's a there's a interview or there's a documentary on Netflix. About uh, the Hulk Hogan lawsuit, he sued Gawker for like 110 million dollars, and then it was found out that the only reason he even sued them was because Peter Thiel was paying for the whole 
cover the cost of the whole lawsuit. So he he bankrolled the whole lawsuit and bankrupt Gawker because Gawker wrote a negative piece about him and he wasn't happy and it was like he was like upset and wanted vengeance on them. Like that's so fucking petty for like a multi-billionaire to like bankroll someone else's lawsuit to crush a company that you don't like. Sinister, man. And now you're going to say that that guy is going to these meetings with everyone's best interests? Oh, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you could go through the list of these people and the companies that they work for and find dozens of like cases against them, negative cases, like stuff just like that. You probably go through every one of these companies. Yeah. And, and my my worry is that uh they they've people have said that they've noticed the trend that it's now more uh, like corporate representatives that are going to these meetings and it's more moving towards corporations besides people who actually represent the interests of actual nation states like they don't have a lot as, as many political people as they used to have and then now it's kind of moving towards that kind of that corporation side so now these people who run all these multinational corporations like they have more say as in and and how the world's you know economy kind of moves forward um and and what policies get get set forth in these ones so i mean that kind of worries me if, as, as if anything um like because you know corporations can kind of just move if you're a representative of a country, you kind of have like a limit on like what your reach is, but like corporations can do just about anything, you know? And that's what worries me more is that you have this, <laughs> you know, we're going to have like the European Union sponsored by Coca-Cola or something. <laughs> that's what I'm we're, not, about. we're not far away. Really? Yeah. Like those corporations have, they're, they've gotten so big and they, they always have to grow in the capitalist market. They always have to grow because mm -hmm. they have shareholders. So everything they do is for profit. They're not think mm -hmm. if they're, if they're doing like some, you know, some charity work, they're doing just enough charity work to get the tax deduction to the maximum cap. And then that's all they're doing. They're yeah. Like, and that's what a lot, a lot of people come in with the, um, like the globalization as why it's a bad thing is like these corporations, they don't care about like where they come from. They don't care about the exact nation states. Like they don't care about if their factory in, in Missouri, it like has like 5,000 jobs. If it's cheaper to shut down that factory and ship it overseas and do the production in China or somewhere where they have to pay the wages of like half of whatever they're paying, they'll do it. Yeah. You know? And it's like, so you can you kind of fall into that. So like you have these people who are just that yeah, they're interested in making money more than 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 the the happiness or like the, the well-being of their population. Like not one population even like I I can't say that like a politician would be much better because they don't they'd only be interested in the success of their nation state whereas opposed to corporations are just happy with, you know, are trying to make their shareholders happy. Mm -hmm. I don't really <laughs> like either one it's kind of like eh. yeah we've got, we got to the point where just like corporations were unbridled for so long that they just they took so much and now we're at a point now where they're so big like how wh what do you do now like how do you how do you like take back the wealth to the, like the people who work for these corporations because these corporations that most of them don't pay that well like if you get to management you make money but if you're just like entry level or mid-level you're making like maybe you're making forty grand a year, 
just enough to get by, never be able to save for retirement like we're talking about. And then you're, the manager above you is making 250, the manager above him is making 2 million and the CEO is making 35 million. Like yeah, and most of these companies like even those companies that are that are international like it's a lot of it I mean a lot of people say like like most of the companies that these big companies it's like they do service and it's like they don't even have to do they don't even have to employ people from their from their country. It's like you can ship it over to India and just have them do all the most like data entry or, or things like that. Like they can just do that stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, so that's the Bilderberg group. Now let's go through, let's go through the top theories. I've already kind of gone through a couple of them, but theory, theory number one is that it's run by Nazis. Like they're trying, they're they're trying to start the fourth Reich after world war, after world war two, the Nazis party never actually dissolved. They they realized that they've been beat. So they went into hiding and kind of secretly infiltrated world governments and businesses to kind of climb back to the top and take it over from like a, instead of military terms, just like global, like almost just financial more than anything. Uh, I could, I could see that happening. I can see that. Um, like what, disperse what, and infiltrate. Yeah. yeah. Like one of, one of my, what is it? One of, one of my favorite, one of my favorite books are the, um, or the foundation series by Isaac Asimov. And it's basically about like how to, how to preserve, how to preserve a collapsing empire. So if you had something like that, like the Nazi regime that was, was collapsing, it was like, okay, so we know, we know our country is going to be, is going to collapse. So the best thing to do is to be like, send out like our best and brightest to like different parts. And if you can't, if you can't dominate by military might, you know, you know, you're, you're going to be back to do a corner. If military doesn't work, then economics will work. So, I mean, the Nazis had plenty of, of economics. If they, you know, there's probably tons of Nazi gold. I want to say, like there was stuff moved around at that point. Like, a, probably a lot of stuff got lost at that point, and they could have probably put a bunch of stuff in those Swiss banks that are still in there. And like, if you if you established your I mean, I mean, the Nazis weren't dumb. They weren't stupid, or at least the people who were. Not, I mean, Hitler was kind of stupid, but you know, the people who were running the show, like they weren't dumb. Like they knew stuff. What they could see once, I think most of the, the the brightest ones knew that once the United States got involved in World War II, they knew it was pretty much over. Well, it's pretty much from the time that they didn't couldn't take the Soviet Union. I think they, yeah. they they probably realized, all right, we didn't take that, and then the U.S. came in. They're like, oh, it's like we got to find an exit strategy like right away, pretty much. All right. Yeah, that's the that's the main theory, and we talked about so like they're the, playing the long game now. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, we talked about the, the guy Bernard Bernard, like the, one of the guys founding guys. Yeah, he was proven to be a he was proven to be a Nazi. I mean, he was a member of the SS. So I don't know. That's uh, that's one theory. Also, Rock David Rockefeller has been rumored to be funded by the Nazi eugenics program since he what? died. Yeah. Well, like he had like he had the stake. Rockefeller had the stake in uh, like modern pharmaceuticals. Talked about it before. Uh, well, they just want to live forever. Yeah. Didn't but, he have like four hearts? Uh, yeah, I think he had four or five transplants. But he's actually on record. David Rockefeller is actually on record saying something about. Depopulizing the world. I don't have that in front of me, but Thanos, dude. Yeah, I don't know, but 
Don't give him the infinity gems. Yeah. Jesus. So that's one of the theories. The second theory is trying to impose a one world government, which we already kind of talked about. I mean, if, if you were to ask me like a one world, a one world currency and government, it seems like in this day and age almost seems like a good idea. Not necessarily a government, but like, you know, like we're like, we're pretty much a one world economy now, but finance across borders is so complicated. It's fucking insane. Like all that type of all currency exchanges and all this crazy stuff that's happening on like an unprecedented yeah. scale, deficits and, and yeah. like investment and buying countries are loaning buy debt, national debts and things like that. It's just like it's so it's when you just look at stuff like trade deficits. Like if you go into looking at and things like I just did it over the last couple of weeks. Like go into stuff about trade deficits and it's nuts. And it's like yeah, if your country has a trade deficit, like oh like. In economics, they teach you like, oh, that's bad. But it's like, no, actually, that's good. If your country has a trade deficit, that means that you're paying money to these other countries, which then will take that money and then reinvest it in your in your country. So if your trade deficit is high, that means your currency is going to go up. The worth of your currency is going to go up. It's freaking nuts. Like, what? Right. Uh, one <laughs> Another theory of the Bilderberg Group is that it can, in the U.S. it controls the Republican Party. That's that's a terrible investment right now. So that's if you go with that theory, and they didn't want Trump to be uh, to be president because he was represented Republicans. Cause, yeah, cause the, but the, it's like yeah, oh man, the Trump yeah. like the people who support Trump or some of them claim that Trump is like he's fighting the globalists. He's going to bring balance to the world. He's going to you know he's he's doing something good. <laughs> like that's the people who the people who support him. Yeah, they yeah. really think he's against like this new world order. This globalists are trying to like just take over the world through corporate means. I, mean, I don't know. Well, that, but, most of the people sort of they they don't like globalization because globalization takes the jobs from the factory workers, and those are the people who voted for Trump. But he still he gives those companies their tax breaks, and they still ship their factories overseas. Oh, that's, so what, that's what I mean. Eh. Like, I've talked about so many times. Every politician who says something they're going to do, when they're done, you look back and you're like, well, he didn't do fucking any of that. So obviously, he just. They know what to say to get the people to put trust in them. It's like fucking like social manipulation. Really, it's what they're I, doing. I don't even, I don't think Trump said anything. Oh, God, guys, that guy's a train wreck. Anyways, this girl, uh, Phyllis uh, Schlafly, published a book in 1964, A Choice, Not an Echo. And that's it. She is pretty much the start of this whole thing, suggesting that's being controlled by the Bilderberg Group. And uh, she called them secret kingmakers, aka uh, the rich and powerful. Pretty much is what she's saying. So yeah, because uh, I mean, at least with, I mean, I don't know about it, a lot of the other ones, but the more high profile ones, like Braden said, like Bill Clinton, like the year before he became president, he went to a Bilderberg meeting, and the same thing with Tony Blair. Um, yeah, and, uh, and Rockefeller sold him on NAFTA, and then he got elected, and then signed NAFTA. Oh, they're yeah, they're they're making big, huge moves. Huge moves at this fucking. If the people who say that it's just for discussion, uh, no. no, no. Yeah, it, I mean, they say they don't lay down policy, but they don't. For, they they, they don't write it. it down. Yeah, they don't write it down, but it's definitely like that's a. But I mean, how can you? I mean, you can't really blame them. For me, I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Like, let's let's talk oh, about that later. It's like, fucking genius on their part for the devising the secret meeting that was secret for fifty years. No one knew about it. Yeah. They even oh, denied. They even de- no. They even denied it. The mainstream media even denied that the Builder Group exists as early as like twelve years ago or something. 
Um. And by public pressure, finally they admitted that, oh, yes, it's... But then they had to start a website and they had to give... Yeah. You know, eventually the pressure of, like, the internet really, like, made them at least divulge some information of, like, who goes and what they talk about. And then they, they, they pretty much kept it, though, that they're not going to say... They're not going to talk about anything. Like, you're not going to hear anything about it. It would make more sense to me that they wouldn't be in favor of a one-world government because then having a one-world government it would be too easy to see where their interests are. Whereas if you have a bunch of... If you control a bunch of other powerful countries and you're kind of like pulling puppet strings, you can kind of, you know what I mean? Like do a little here, do a little there and like piece your puzzle together so no one can really see the big picture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that, that's what my thought on it. I don't, I, I don't think we'll ever see a one world government. I think we'll not, not in our lifetime. No, I think it's I, I think it's I think it's not uh, favorable to the elite to have a one world government. I don't I don't think you would see one until we got off planet. Yeah, I don't I don't think you, you would become or un, until things got so bad, like things would get like really, really bad here like when when climate change all comes climate change comes that and like natural disasters or something and and that all comes crashing down i don't think yeah i don't think you would see a one world government no i yeah because i think that's like what the whole thing with cryptocurrency right was like people trying to break away from that corporate controlled central bank style of banking i think bitcoin's lost half of its value well, it's because like the, the original thing of Bitcoin since last year, the original thing of Bitcoin was to like break away from, right, from this banking system. But what happened was the banking system hijacked Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right, and they made it so you could invest in Bitcoin with real money, and they just turned Bitcoin into just like almost like I almost it almost seems like kind of like a pyramid scheme almost now. The people who have already bought in want more people to buy in because yeah, well, a couple of I mean, what it was supposed to the be the fact that. The fact that Bitcoin was based on just it's it's almost I mean, it's almost just like it's like the the dollar or whatever. It, it's based on the money, the faith that people put in it. So like the more people put into it, the more you get out. But Lots. I was reading a couple articles and it was saying that there were there's evidence to suggest that the Bitcoin like sell offs, like a lot of those were like they dropped the price and stuff like that were actually perpetrated by bots. Like there were actually like two like trading bots where it's like they had a they had a certain amount of bitcoin so they could actually drive the prices of bitcoin so they 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 would sell off a bunch and then people would see like they they controlled enough to like there would be a visible drop and then when people saw that they would start selling their bitcoin so the more people that sold their bitcoins it just drove the price down and then those bots would just buy up a little bit more and then they could just drive the price back up yeah. There's been a couple. Oh, 100%, I believe there's manipulation like that going on. Like, it's crazy. But then that's the same thing. It's, you could say the same thing about the stock markets. Like, well, that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's what I mean know, about These people control enough. Like, these people who, who go to these meetings control enough, probably, capital to be like, yeah. Okay, they can, can manipulate the markets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, that's what I mean. Like, cryptocurrency is supposed to be out of, like, away from that. It was just because it's like, that's exactly what it is. If you put, if you people put trust in the currency, that's what currency is now because there's no backing. So right now everyone trusts that the bank is the currency. Like that's that's legal tender. That's all we can use. But if like the initial thought of Bitcoin, or at least what maybe it wasn't, but that's what they tell you is 
it was to break free from that system so we could just freely trade between ourselves. If we all said we're going to value Bitcoin like this and we could trade it without any influence of regulation. But then regulation got a hold of it. It became part of the, it pretty much became part of the stock market. And it was it's pretty much I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but who knows? Uh, it might it might make a comeback, but we'll see. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, people. I mean, I mean, I've read a couple articles where it's it's people are still the mining of Bitcoin still accounts for at least like one or two percent of electrical, like electrical usage, electric utility usage in some countries. Yeah, we can talk about crypto, like a full cryptocurrency one time. Maybe have an expert on yeah. talk about it. But mm-hmm. Crazy. One, the last theory is, wait for it, reptilians. Yes. The Bilderberg Group, at least the controlling members, are part of David Icke's supposed reptilians who have infiltrated our planet. Maybe they're the Anunnaki or they're some other alien race watching us forever or maybe even been here forever manipulating us. They are the controllers of this because they've realized that our world is going to a more global society, digital digital everything, and they are just trying to get ahead and keep keep their like old school control system going. So that is the final theory. So aliens. Aliens control Bilderberg meeting to keep humanity enslaved as their debt slaves, pretty much. That's pretty mm-hmm. much a conspiracy. That, that seems like a really <laughs> a really convoluted way to control mm-hmm. us. Like if you can if you're from a different planet, like could you just use spaceships? Does that make more sense than having to like manipulate our entire economic go through all that like that for me seems like really convoluted i just feel like that would be the way <laughs> like the, the the reptilians are a bunch of uh malicious intergalactic accountants like is that what <laughs> they are yeah well that's that's Sadistic. the that, that's one of the Sadistic biggest cpas it's one of the biggest theories in the world the reptilians. oh man that would just be that would be like the most brutal thing ever. Like they're sitting there like looking at spreadsheets like all day, like yeah, the humans are driving the prices <laughs> up and soon we will control everything. <laughs> we'll have dropping prices of these goods and we will outsource these jobs to India. We, <laughs> we oh, yeah, we will drop the price of a barrel of oil, but still charge them more and they will pay. <laughs> we'll drive the oil that is so low. <laughs> we have them right where we want them. <laughs> oh, God. That's what those meetings actually are. Yeah. <laughs> it's where they can all let out their so scales. They can all let their, down their scales. Their, yeah, like take off their skin faces. Take off their human skin faces. Yeah. No, if there is reptilians, I'll tell you one thing. They're not shape-shifting back and forth. They've either been born into this world like fucking Keanu Reeves style and uh, Day That Earth Stood Still, or they're just still reptilians in space looking down at us. Because you can't fucking transform like that. Wait, I, I never saw the Keanu Reeves on. I've seen the original one. Uh, oh, yeah, what about a chameleon? It just changes color. What about a cuttlefish? Or an octop- mimic octopus? Maybe. You're still in the same thing. They change color. Mimic oh, octopus, they can look like mimic other octopus things. can change the texture of their skin. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but they don't. They're still an octopus. They don't change eight arms into two or something like that. Yeah, but they, these reptilian men like... are just changing the texture of their skin. What about the reptilian claws and facial features and tail and all that other shit? Yeah, I don't know. 
Anyway. <laughs> have tails? I don't know. No one fucking knows. No one knows if they have a tail or not. I'll tell you that right now. I don't think they have tails. That would just seem like that's a whole thing that yeah, the clothing for that would just seem <laughs> You need a sheath for your tail. Yeah, you gotta put a hole in your pants. Like... <laughs> a tail sheath. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Um let's uh anyone got anything else on the build Bill Goldberg committee? Look it up because it is very strange. It's, it's, that, it's wild. I mean, we know like we know when it happens. We know what they talk about. We know who goes there, but we don't know what is said or discussed or agreed upon. And that's to me is this weird. It's this weird that these are not elected people, or like, I guess some of them are, but most of them are industry people, corporations, just controlling the future of the planet yeah. with no outside eyes or influence. Just a hundred, 150 people a year is talking about the shit with a controlling group that is there for four years or more. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's super weird. If you go down that new, uh, new world order conspiracy. Actually, uh, you can be comforted that, uh, at least one or two articles say that there is a serious lacking of the representatives from the, what you would consider the military, the U S military industrial complex. So you don't have a lot of the guys from like Boeing and Lockheed actually don't go to these. That's probably good actually. Mm-hmm. That, that probably that probably takes but a, the take... Bilderberg is actually not the only one it's not the only one of these kind of like transatlantic commissions there's actually like a couple of them I'm pretty sure what's the other one's called uh, there's another one that's like uh, like the transatlantic um, trade commission or something like that trilateral commission trilateral commission yeah that's there's another one that's the states right mm. isn't that the states no uh, you got me. Trilateral. I'm pretty sure trilateral lateral commission is like the U, United States foreign policy. Mm. But I mean, I mean they, they could be they could be you know with some people from Europe too. I'm not. Really, you always hear that term, but I've never. I don't really know much about it, so can't really give much of a comment. Mm. Um. Yeah. Look it up. It's fucking crazy. Uh. What else we got? Uh, we got some new reviews. Yes, new we do. reviews. New five-star reviews. Um, I also noticed that uh, you open reviews up to Facebook as well. I was just going to say that. Uh, I had a lot of people complaining that they can't leave reviews on whatever podcast player you're using. And that's fair. I think it's really only iTunes that has a review feature that's like at least accessible and easy to use. So, yeah, if you want to leave a review, review, if you're on Android or using a different podcast app, look us up on Facebook and click on the review tab. And use, oh, what the fuck was that? And leave what a review. That? I don't know. Was that, that was on your? Something on my computer. It's big butt, big beep, or some shit. Um. All right, let's get to some new uh, iTunes reviews. Um, five star. Love these guys. So glad this podcast made it into my life. Love, love, love it. Listening to them all. Smiley face. Thank you, Anna Marie's yoga. From the U.S. of A. Um, my favorite paranormal podcast. Found you guys by accident and loving every minute. The back and forth about the guy's tattoo. I don't want to give away any spoilers. Was amazing. Also, I love it when you guys get drunk. You need to do an episode where you get drunk and or stoned. And just get a little wild. Five stars <laughs> from Vegas. 
Black Ron Pond, USA. <laughs> yeah. Black Ron Pond. Black Ron Pond. Rock Pond. Uh, Ron Pond continues his reach, worldwide reach. I will uh, I will read one more. An A-plus podcast. A is spelled E-H. Um, this is from <laughs> Orias V from the US of A. My absolute favorite conspiracy theory podcast because they don't take themselves too seriously like so many others. Nope, Real organic humor. And they introduced me to Ron Pond, <laughs> who I'm pretty sure is the only reason aliens haven't attacked Earth. I hope they cover number stations like UVB 76 soon. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, that's that pretty, pretty weird. Yeah. Cool. I'll re- I'm uh, gonna read. I'm gonna read one more. The one off Facebook. It's our very first Facebook review. Woo! It's from Chris Smith. Chris Smith. Chris Smith. Chris Smith. And it goes something Chris like. Smith? <laughs> Chris Smith. Chris Smith. No. Okay, it goes something like this. These guys are just some motherfuckers trying to skate or trying to ice skate uphill. This podcast is basically about getting fucked up and talking about some fucked up things which are truly fucked up. It's good because on the on the alien on the Facebook reviews you can swear without any repercussions because it doesn't beep you out. Oh, that's cool. Oh. So if you like fucked up things, then you're gonna like these motherfuckers. Funniest podcast out there. And now I inspire to get me draw drunk every time I go out. He <laughs> should it's Chris Smith and not Wesley Snipes, because it sounds yeah. like Wesley Snipes. <laughs> well, could be it could be an alias. Um, cool. Well, so, so who's your prolapse of the week? Oh, I'm gonna give it to. Uh... Shit, I know what I actually didn't find. I didn't find one. I forgot to do that. Let me let me do a quick search here. Um, who's been fucking talking to us a lot? Let's give it to Zach Ludwig. This guy's been going back. Zach Ludwig. Yeah, he's from Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, he's been loving the podcast for a long time, sending us videos. And he's an Xbox fan, and he wants to play some games with us. So he might be waiting a while for that. We don't play often, but we'll be on there, buddy. Um... All right. Well, I got, uh, some, I got some things. I got a couple more things. I got, I got to say. Right, let's hear. Let's hear some things. Aliantheorist.com is our website. If you go there, there's something called the forums. They're back up. They're live. They've actually been forums li- are live. We tried this a long time ago to do forums, and fucking. it fucking just crashed and burned. Bot city, baby. <laughs> bot, city. Bot, bot city. We had about four hundred fifty thousand comments, and they were from no, not one real human. But now with this new website. We have forums up, and that's it's going to be a great way to get in touch with us. I'm going to be on there all the time, and it's just much easier for us to keep track of comments and theories because it's all in one spot. It doesn't just go through a scrolling feed. So if you want to uh, submit a good theory, just go on there. There's a bunch of different categories. You can create your own. Uh, super easy. And that's pretty much it. Right on. T-shirts. Right on. Right on. T- right on. Tpublic.com. Search for Alien Theorists. Or go to our website and you can get the link from there. It's true. Cool. Get those shirts. Get those uh, shirts. Also, send us your designs. We have a t-shirt contest on the go. We haven't decided when it's going to stop, but I've only seen two designs. Yeah, I haven't, we haven't really been uh, pushing it. So yeah, we're t-shirt yeah. contest. Uh, send them to alientheorists at gmail.com. Yeah, or Facebook or uh, Instagram. Goddamn, anywhere. Anywhere. Um, <clears throat> Dan, anything? Uh, we did get a message and it was, uh, I paid attention to one of the messages from Facebook, uh, from Trevin. 
And Travis sent us this nice little picture of uh, edited. I think it's edited. It says Elon Musk deletes K-pop. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> and I would like I'd like to state for the record that I I would be sad because I do enjoy the occasional K-pop. Oh, you bite your song. tongue, Dan. It's I don't. It's it, I enjoy it for the visual. Visuals. Not so much the, 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 visuals. There are oh the, the, come on those girls just like da- twice. And Girls' Generation, those girls are smoking, smoking hot. And I will watch those videos. Huna, I watch, I watch those videos all day. Might as well watch porn, Dan. It's, do more it's not you. the same. It's not the same. You probably watch it, ca- probably, songs are catchy. They're designed that way, and I enjoy them. I hate if it. You, if, if you if you take it in the cultural context, I went through a K-pop phase like last year for like a good month, and when it got real. Real deep into it. I have to strong. I have to say, Dan, this is the one thing I've only ever strongly disagreed with you on. Is your K-pop I, obsession? It's not. It was just a short little thing, but I, I enjoy it in the <laughs> cultural context. The the cultural context of, of how it fits in with Korean <laughs> culture, and I I enjoy some K-pop. Not all of it. I don't enjoy the boy bands. I like that stuff's weird, and they're not as good dancers as like they won't ever be as good as American. I don't think. But I do enjoy some of the, the, the girl K-pop groups. They're fun. Mm. Well, mm. agree to disagree. My guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> which, should be a, which should be a K-pop. I'm going to trademark that before some K-pop group takes <laughs> that guilty pleasure. I need to do that. I need to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it, I think. Braden? All right. Uh, as we always say at this hour, keep those eyes on the skies. Live long and prolapse, everyone. Thanks for listening. Can we talk about Alien Con on this? Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. this is going to be. Uh, I was going to say it's going to be not after hours. It'll just yeah. Fuck it. Let's just talk about Alien Con. I'll put it up. I'll put it up before the episode. It'll be pre. This is pre hours. Pre pre hour hours. Um. Oh, dude, I'm so fucking excited. We're going to Alien Con. So we should talk about the episode we just did in the past tense. Yes. Like, oh. So we're doing after hours. So you guys will listen to the pod, the, the episode that we just did. Now we're yeah. planning.